millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! And look at Goldberg! He's ready! It's the most exciting hour in the history of our sport. It's the Gold Olive Classic Nitro Reviews. This is where we watch every episode of Monday Nitro from its very beginning to its bitter end or ours, whichever comes first. It's, there's been some close calls. Oh, I'm mate. not going to lie. It's very <laughs> close calls. Who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, Tom Campbell, uh, with resident WCW kid, Sam Driver. You're right. Shredditor. You, you, you good? I haven't called you Shredditor before. I haven't anyway. It's it's, it, it's it's an old one. It's an old Pulling one. Pulling that out of the yeah. mothballs. Pulling it out. Shredded Why not? <laughs> I desperately need a haircut. I just wanted to put that out into the world. Yeah, I same here. So I uh, we both need haircut boys, don't we? Yeah, because I, I I it got to the point where I basically had frosted tips. And I was, oh, it was getting like very. Cole it was in two thousand. It was getting very Joe Exotic. So it was like right, <laughs> uh, bleach it again, and then let's get it cut. Where'd you get yours cut? Uh, I got it at the Hoi Polloi. Shout out to the Hoi Polloi. Oh, Hoi Sam Polloi. Hickey, best barber in all of Newcastle. Straight up. Straight up. Just the, the, there's, there's, no, there's no competition, I'm telling you. Oh, see, I last time I went, I went to the place across the road from the Hoi Polloi. You're a monster. I'm a monster. but they Wilkinson's? Come... No, I think it's just called Barber's Shop. Oh. <laughs> Wilkinson's is where I could go buy paint. <laughs> they tend not to cut my hair in there anymore. I, but... uh, Hoi Polloi is maybe more of a, a fancy. It's very fancy. Like, it, it's, it's more of like an upmarket hair place, but I'm really finicky getting my hair cut, and I don't know what it is, man. Like... Sam's just able to sit you down and go, so this is like what's going on with your scalp mm. and your hair and the way your hair falls. And then he just works it all out for you, gives you your options and just goes like, boom, sorts it. Oh, and in the nice. meantime, you get like a beer or like a fresh ass coffee. And they've got like a little coffee hatch. It's, oh man. See, that's it. the hoi polloi. I like, I There's like. There's one in Whitley Bay now as well if you're on Ooh. the coast. Get out. There's Patrick Foster's, which is a bit like that. Patty Foster's? Well. I used to go there as well, Patrick yeah. Foster's. Terrified my dad when he first went there. Really? Why? Yeah. It was my, always a nice atmosphere oh, whenever no, I went. It's lovely. Patrick Foster's <laughs> is amazing, and we've laughed about this it's, since. It's like, I, the thing is, I think I stopped going to Paddy's simply because I moved to the other side of town. Yes. <laughs> and it was like, 
Well, you know, it's an extra 300 meters I've got to walk. <laughs> that's, how, that's how lucky we are living in Newcastle, where it's like that everything is on your doorstep. <laughs> they go, I'm going to go to new hairdressers because it's slightly closer. But my dad, he came up for the first weekend. They, mm-hmm. I, first weekend they came up here when I, after I moved. Yep. They, my dad's like, oh, we're going on holiday on Monday, so I need to get a haircut. I said, well, I know a place in town where the footballers going to get their haircut. <laughs> get in. So I, was, I managed to book him in for an appointment, and he yeah. came out of there a few hours later looking shell-shocked. I was like, what happened? And uh, I've since spoke to Paddy about it. We right. laughed about it. <laughs> I said, what happened? He went, well, it was like, they, they gave me a beer. I said, well, that's great. Yeah. And this is my dad, who's always been to the same hairdressers. They've always given him a short back and sides, talked about the West Brom game, and then he's gone. Yeah. And, he went, and he's walks into Paddy's that's like really up PlayStation on the go. They, and they said, and then they, they washed my hair. Yeah. I was like, that's what they do. No, but a young blonde woman, like, washed my hair yeah. and rubbed my head and my scalp. Asked if Proper I hair care. I said, I wanted a scalp massage. And I was like, that's, that's, that's what they do. No, I just wanted a haircut. I just it's wanted really my back him. and sides. I never want to experience this opulence again, Tom. <laughs> but my mom I can't was like, do it. My mom was like, I don't get it. A young blonde woman touched your hair. Oh, no, I just, just wanted a haircut. It was so funny. Me and my mum are dying laughing. And my dad's like, that was traumatizing. I must add, my, my the, current, my the current state of my hair is no reflection of uh, Sam's incredible skills, by the way. I just haven't <laughs> had a haircut <laughs> in a month and a half. So, uh, yeah. We're long overdue. Yeah. We're long overdue the haircut. <laughs> We're long overdue a trip to the world of Monday Nitro as well. Uh, let's reflect on uh, what this what this particular week in the world, April 22nd, 1996, was like. In the UK Billboard charts, number one, Celine Dion, because you loved me. Okay. Hanging in there. We like a bit of Celine. Number one in the UK music chart was Mark Morrison's Return of the Mac. Which is just, just, just all time. Banger of a tune. All time. Banger of a tune. 12 Monkeys, number one at the UK box Which office. is a phenomenal film. If you've not seen 12 Monkeys, do not watch the fucking shitty TV series a TV series? There's like a TV series prequel thing that it, it's completely Ooh. irrelevant. The idea of 12 Monkeys and time travel and it, it's, it's so perfectly cyclical as a film. And it's an interesting world, but you don't need to explore it anymore. No. It was one of those things where I found it yesterday on stream. They did a Quantum Leap prequel or sequel series like last year. Oh, yes. That's and I, I had no idea. Mm. And it's like, wait, what? Like, how did that just pop up and disappear considering I used to love Quantum Leap? Like, <laughs> There's so much stuff now, though. It just feels like you get so many shows where it's like, oh, it's kind of similar to that one from the 80s. Ah, fuck it. We'll just change the name of it. Put it in the same universe. Mm. And then all of the people that like it are going to watch it. The one that everyone's been talking about this week in terms of reboots is yeah. Velma. Not in 96, I but in refuse to fucking watch it. Yeah. I, I, I won't get involved with anything that, that... I mean, come on, it's Hanna-Barbera, Scooby-Doo. Like, it, it's, it's, it's just... It, it's already perfect. I don't see the need to do, like, a self-referential teardown of it, I guess. Terrible. But the biggest insult is it's one of me and Steph both agree on that it, it's that the Hanna-Barbera style's gone. That's pretty much the only reason I won't watch it. Mm. Like, there's something about that warm old style. Like, Venture Bros did it really well, and that was also a good deconstruction of Scooby-Doo. Like, a very good one. Uh, and that kind of style of programming. But, yeah, the, the Hanna-Barbera animation style is, like, god tier. Like, I, I can't believe that they would do it and not lean into that. It's almost like they did. They had. They were told to make a series about like a spin-off of Scooby Doo. It's and almost like studios Scooby-Doo. should just stop making things for the sake of making them, and we can get back to a world where we have content that fucking means something. An interesting theory on that, which I read, and I thought this is true. It said like because what's like next? Velma. We're going to get a Butch spin-off. Oh, like I from is it Butch? No, it's not Butch. 
god damn it, I'm a wrestler, Pete Dunne. <laughs> Biff spin-off from Back to the Future. Don't don't put that like, in the Can you world. imagine just an animated series got nothing to do with the show. It's just Biff going about being a cunt. <laughs> this is the bit you wanted, isn't it? Yeah. Or like, but, not even like Biff from the movies, Biff, but as a bloke committing, I don't know, like really petty fraud, like returning, <laughs> returning like six kippers to the shop that he he's somehow worked out a way that he's going to, to get an extra 50 pence back on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, that, that, that has as much interest. But he still gets all the puns wrong. As, as, yeah, as, as Velma that, does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it, it's, it's like the, the. The show nobody asked for, innit? it? I feel like someone said this. I thought this is true. It's like that sh- the, way, the way the Val was put together. It's like it was a show that was already pitched, but they went, "We don't like it. Can you connect it? Can you make it a Scooby Doo spin-off, and then we'll have it?" I just, like all the characters, a standalone character is quite interesting, like but the, because it's like forced into the Scooby Doo canon, it's yeah. rubbish. And I get, you know, it's very repetitive, like that old-fashioned style of cartoon. But that's what makes it like so special yeah. to me. That, like it, it, it's. It sort of, it follows a very set formula. Like Tom and Jerry is watchable by people of all ages. Uh, Scooby Doo's watchable by people of all ages. Flintstones, Jetsons, like it's all just enjoyable and it looks beautiful. And Velma may be enjoyable. I don't know. I'm not going to watch it, but it looks like shit. And so I, I, I just can't bring myself to man. It is shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and no point does, does she run past the same plant pot three times. Do you know what I've been watching this week? And that I, I would love a fucking reboot of. Go Spender. Whoa! I'm halfway through season two of Spender. Somebody's got them all up on YouTube, Studio Rips. So I need to, because you just can't get it anywhere. I don't think you can buy it on DVD or anything. Anymore. No. So it's all on YouTube, but I've just been sitting going through Spender and Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. I think it's it's like the perfect level of, of like semi-serious very self-aware uh and just you know it's a geordie fucking like detective show it's yeah. great what led you onto it was it just the geordie connotation uh well me and uh me and steph were watching alfida zane again uh because like we occasionally go back to alfida zane pet it was one of our big lockdown watches um but i i was like oh yeah fuck like spender crocodile shoes and then i was like, i don't think i've seen much of spender like in order i've seen episodes just randomly out of order but I uh, went back to it and it's fucking banging. <laughs> so, and it's also funny as fuck seeing Newcastle in like 1991. Oh, and it's like, whoa, this is weird. <laughs> I, lo- I love anything where I always have this. I know when Newcastle's become my home because I get that weird little twinge in my chest where yeah. I'm like, oh, it's Newcastle. There's coming. nowhere on earth like it, man. Oh, there really isn't. There really isn't. Uh, in, the UK, in the US box office, Primal Fear starring Richard Gere is number one this week. I think and I've le- seen that. The American legal thriller. Uh, based on the novel Primal Fear from 1993. Uh, <laughs> defending it... a Velociraptor. <laughs> oh, if only. <laughs> the film revolves around a Chicago defense attorney who believes that his altar boy client is not guilty of murdering a Catholic archbishop with hilarious consequences. No, it's not the one I was thinking of. April 23rd in this particular week, Father Ted won big at the British Academy Television Awards. Dermot Morgan winning Best TV Comedy Actor uh, as Ted Crilly. Pauline, uh, Mrs. Doyle, won Best TV Comedy Actress. And the show won Best Sitcom. It's still one of the best sitcoms. Straight up, I I think, um, uh, you know, like, Fuck Linehan. This is this is it. This is the but eternal problem. It's, it's like fuck Linehan, but I there there is a. It's so rare that you see a cast gel as well, including the 
um, like the, even the ancillary characters that are just in it for a week. Mm-hmm. Like everybody just seems to gel really well in this weird, disturbed, Dali-esque landscape of just rural flat island. <laughs> uh, you know, the craggy island especially. It's just so like small town and it, it, it's it's perfect it's completely absurd like all the little throwaways like you let Dougal do a funeral <laughs> and it's just on fire and the hearse is halfway into the hole and he's trying to apologize profusely to the person's like family and ah oh, man it, it's I don't think there's a better one to like to sit down and watch in British comedy like TV from like what I remember anyway than uh, Pat Mustard so speed three and a song for Ireland, a song for Europe. Sorry. (laughs) So like it's those two shows, like sorry, those two episodes especially are like all time favorite TV episodes ever for me. But like it's shit because Linehan and uh, yeah, but at the same time, I, I, I'm so kind of tied to father Ted Mm. because we used to watch it as a family and stuff. And we all loved it that I, I can't not love it. it it's It's the constant fight to separate the art from the artist. Yeah. It was, and it continues with Father Ted, which which is I believe it's on for Channel Four. It's on, on uh, all four, yeah, all four. I believe it'll stay probably there for for good because it's one of Channel Four's big breakout series, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah. Uh, April twenty third, also on this day, the auction for the estate of Jackie Onassis begins Ooh. in Sotheby's. It'll last four days. Anything it, nice on sale? Well, I'll give you some of the highlights of the auction. Uh, two point <laughs> for two point six million dollars, you can buy a forty carat Lesotho diamond engagement ring from Aristotle Onassis. A one point four million dollar desk. Uh, used by John F. Kennedy, the oh, president. Now we're talking. Mm. Now we're talking. The one that he used to sign the nuclear test ban treaty. Oh. Uh, and for $456,000, you can own an oak rocking chair used by Kennedy in the Oval Office. I just imagine just coming home, you spent millions. Like, guys, I need everybody around my house right now. You're not going to believe it. And then everybody walks around and you're just stood weeping while pointing at this desk. <laughs> it's the nuclear test treaty desk. It's funny because I'm reading this in the same week that Kim Kardashian bought Diana's necklace. Yeah. That's a thing, isn't it? If you've yeah. got a bit of, bit of money kicking about. I mean, it must be it must be cool. I guess it's sort of like, I, I, is it sort of like me buying a like a ring-worn mask of somebody's? I would imagine yeah. so. Yeah. Is, it, is it like a fandom thing? I or is it like, I'm going to take her jewellery and reincarnate her? I, I wouldn't put it past Kardashian. Yeah. <laughs> she might plan something. That'd be they, a good uh, episode. Uh, how are the viewing the figures going? Because, <laughs> you know, they could maybe do a hard left into sci-fi. <laughs> I reincarnated Diana. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, in the wrestling world, though, slightly more interesting. Hogan is gone until the summer. Uh, tentative plans for Hogan to return for the August pay-per-view to face either Scott Hall or Kevin Nash, who aren't even in the company yet. What's that about? That can't be real. Shut the fuck up. Oh. We, we can't. <laughs> You've spoiled it now. They know what's coming. They've said it. They know what's coming they, now. How? They know that the NWO is going to happen. Brilliant. That's the whole reason I was doing <laughs> what's this. What's the NWO, Sam? The whole, what's the, whole the NWO? Shocking, the whole shocking reveal. What? But no. No. What's an I guess NWO? That we've to spoil it because the dirt sheets wrote it. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting that that's kind of getting out there so far ahead of um so far ahead of what's coming. Yeah. Especially in a time that's quite tumultuous for Hogan right now where it's sort of like anybody <laughs> we need you to turn heel. No. <laughs> you know, you turn heel or you know you're not going to be the big guy. No. 
he still fights it all the way through. It makes what happened last week even more frustrating. We went into depths on it last week. Yeah. How like his last act before going away for the August is just to batter everybody and then leave. Yeah. Rather than being laid out. Well, you may as well get through all the matches he would have had anyway at once and then he's beaten them all anyway, right? <laughs> uh, Eric Bischoff this week did an interview with Mike Mooneyham for Wrestling Observer Hotline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he talked about the, the departure of Johnny B. Bad to the WWF. He said, people want to jump all over this and paint me as Satan because that's the kind of vogue right now. Johnny came to me, expressed his concern. What did we do? We changed it. If you look at television, it's quite obvious. We didn't have a problem with it. I was concerned he was taking his professional on-camera life way too seriously. However, he had a problem with Kimberly his valet because he doesn't know how to answer his daughter. I understand that. He doesn't. But the reality is we overcame that problem. We moved on in an entirely different direction. He would then go on to be let go from the company and go and... Yeah, because he had to go to his fucking daughter's birthday. He deserves it. <laughs> yeah, how dare he? He could have been at some fucking car race. <laughs> it is an interesting discussion. Like, how you aren't able to go, this is a wrestling story. I just, I think you'd think you would get it. I think that I don't know. when you when you've got a young family, maybe particularly young family, I remember you'd hear people like... Um, like Scott Hall had said before, when people kind of used to go, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you," and I'm gonna go like they go into like vivid, violent detail in the promos. Mm. He's like, "My kids are watching this, you know. My kids are getting upset about it, and I can't really explain to them yet how this works." And um, so I get it from that standpoint. Maybe it is just that he was somebody who who really did take how he was presented seriously, and that he had you know ideals that didn't match up with what they wanted him to do. But either way, getting fired for going to your kid's birthday is not the fucking one, Eric. It's not the fucking one. Of all the things to to justify, that wasn't the thing we needed you to justify, Eric. It's like, mm, you broke into my house and and smashed, uh, opened the fridge and smashed all the milk. Yes, but the milk was going off. No, but can you explain the breaking into my house part? Yeah, but the milk was going to go Just off. don't worry about that. You're bit. welcome. I saved your fridge from smelling like <laughs> shit. You would have had to have bought bicarbonate soda and left it in a fucking bowl. There's a little tip for you. Yeah. Oh, bicarbonate soda. Stinks. If you, if your fridge, <laughs> do your fridge stink? There you go. Bicarbonate. Uh, that's all the news for this week. I, there's lots bubbling away on the undercurrent. We are going to see an explosion of wrestling news in the weeks to come. Oh, it's fine. They oh. already know what's coming now, Tom. Well, you're the one that... What's an NWO? I don't know what an NWO is. Look, when Tom, they are banned... Do you really think that all of the world's governments are in control of their own countries? Well, yeah, obviously. Do you not think oh, that... Except for Malaysia. Do you not think that Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, with a little bit of money from Trillionaire Ted, would be able to just override that? They could buy Malaysia and call it Kickassia. Yep. It's <laughs> <laughs> deep cut. <laughs> I mean, that is a horrifying thought. I think Hogan booking the planet is an awful idea. I I would love to see Hulk Hogan as world president for one day back then, just to see. (laughs) Mandatory wrestling watching, mandatory history of Hulk Hogan. Would he be a benevolent leader or would he be... To himself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Good morning, brothers. It's 6.55 a.m. Time to wake up and worship Hogan. And don't be concerned about all of the things I'm about to implement as uh, as my policies. <laughs> Just does them on the quiet while you're eating your vitamins. Yeah. <laughs> well, they are crunchy, so you can get away with quite a lot of noise if we're all eating at once. Yeah, you all eat your vitamins and 90% tax. <laughs> all of you all bite down at the same time and Earth just goes... <laughs> <laughs> 
the planet shakes at the same time. <laughs> They'd 100% a be like a massive statue of him. Of course they would, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd assume it'd be the first thing they do. Yeah, like a 300-meter statue, Hulk Hogan. One in each continent. It'd be funny as fuck, though, if you were just kind of coming over the horizon and you could see his, like, see him just sort of poking up, just like... (laughs) 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 It would have to be, like, shit and cheesy, though, as well. So it's going to need a speaker system, you know, right where the mouth would be. A really badly drilled one, like, very obvious. And it's just like, say your prayers! Uh, And it's got got six catchphrases. It's sort of like how North Korea um, sends uh, audio over the border into South Korea and vice versa. Uh, You know, kind of being like, it's better over here! Uh, So, but just Hogan with six catchphrases and it never stops. (laughs) And it's loud. It's loud enough to just warrant an entire bracket of space in the air, unflyable. (laughs) Can't fly around Hogan, or you get it's like, lasers shooting It's like down. Hogan's Hogan's catchphrases are vibrating so violently that he actually inadvertently saves the world from new, uh, from an apocalyptic uh, <laughs> meteorite <laughs> that just so it, it hits the you know uh, the the Big Brother and it just goes like <laughs> turns into nothing. You're welcome, brother. <laughs> <laughs> of course, there'd be a red and yellow aura just engulfing the planet. Oh, that'd make me sad. It'd be like a bomb had gone off. Yeah. and we, the way it has. We'd all have to learn about how it's okay to do steroids if it's for rehabilitation. <laughs> and I've only done them three times anyway, you know, uh, as I'm sitting here literally twitching because I'm so full. <laughs> you are full to the brim with steroids. Yeah. <laughs> Always on them. That's me. <laughs> I just don't do the workouts. Why I get fat? <laughs> I just what I do on a weekend is I just get a big horse horse steroid injector, <laughs> whack it straight in my ass, and then just watch twelve hours of Spender. <laughs> That's my weekend, yeah, baby. You can do that? Yeah. I recommend That's a good you all fucking do weekend. It. Yeah. yeah. Might have a yogurt of three. Yeah. <laughs> Muller corner. Oh, honey if, rings one. If yes. we're feeling flush. Feeling flush, I'll have a muller. Nice. I had a muller corner in ages. No, I, I I see them all the time in the shop, and it's like I, I know I'm just <laughs> gonna buy yogurts, forget they're there, and then I'll go back in the fridge and go shit. <laughs> more yogurts, I'm fucking out of date. Yeah, another four pots of crest I'm growing <laughs> in the fridge now. Gosh damn it! Is that the thing that always goes off in your fridge? Because yogurts is the same. Yogurts, and we'll buy all natural, all natural yogurt for like yeah. recipes and stuff. We'll never use it all, and then it'll go. Weird that never, color. that never like dies though. All natural, mm-hmm. you can keep feeding that. Oh. You know, you can feed it and it grows. <laughs> it talks to you. No, online. legit. Like you can, uh, you can add water. We had a housemate from uh, Malaysia who did it in uh, uni, but she would, uh, she'd skim off or it'd get to a point where it was a set point and then you would add to it and then it would slowly reconstitute as yogurt. So you could, in theory, use the same pot of yogurt over and over and over again. Now I don't, I don't know how good it's going to taste, but as long as you're kind of flavoring it with other things, maybe it works. So you're just remaking yogurt. At least that was how it was explained to me. So <laughs> I don't know. And to which she went, look, just chuck the yogurt out. <laughs> just this lazy, just don't want to chuck it out. It's, I think in my fridge, it, it tends to be, yeah, things like yogurt, cheese never goes off because cheese never goes off. Um, occasionally, like I'll buy peppers or I'll buy like, you know, some fucking tender stem broccoli and I'll put it in the drawer and I'll forget it's there and I'll be like oh shit I've got that I bought that two weeks ago it's long dead <laughs> uh, I threw out of our fridge we, got, we had this really nice mm. glass mason jar yeah and it was in our fridge and I threw it straight in the bin and and Alex said oh where's that mason jar gone I said I chucked it out I said why you could have cleaned it I said it's been in there for five weeks yeah 
with the contents being a chicken tagine that I made five weeks ago. I it's airtight, though. did not, I know, but I didn't have the heart to open it just in case it wasn't. I just ah, threw the whole thing away. You'd have been fine with that. That's wasting a mason jar, ah, that. I didn't have the heart to open it. In the it. apocalypse, you're up for a, you know, a, a big, a big <laughs> when, when evil the, case. When the Hogan apocalypse happens, <laughs> don't waste glass mason jars, brother. His little mouth like the like the like the megaphone captain from Tugs. Would would uh oh, Tugs, man. Uh, would would the would the dyed goatee be mandatory? Yes. What about the scullet? I think the scullet would have to be because mandatory. Because to make Hogan feel better about having a scullet. We yeah. all have scullets. It would mean that like Or if, we'd if, all go bold so Hogan was the hairiest man in the on the planet. If we all had to have a scullet though, it would be I guess in a way. If nothing else changed, 2006 strapping young lad with Devon Townsend with the greatest scullet ever would be the biggest band on earth, which is what they should have been anyway. Uh, and Hogan then you would have would, to play bass. He can try, uh, but <laughs> uh, you would also have Bill Bailey probably doing quite well. He's another yeah. scullet, have I? Or at least was. Would he be only be doing Hogan-based comedy, though? Would he be instructed to only tell jokes that, that paint Hogan in a good light? He's just got to do his usual routine, but everything's got to be about Hogan. So, like, when he gets lost and he does the Alec Jones bit, like, uh, I'm Hulk Hogan, it's all gone wrong for me. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, Hulk Hogan, it's all gone right for me. Yeah. Because I'm a handsome, real American. And I'm the king of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> Human I think, slaves like, in a Hogan nation. He wouldn't uh -huh. be able to stop. He wouldn't be able to stop at just the statue, though, would he? There'd be, like, smaller versions that would have, like, two speedboats for feet. Ah, oh, nice! And they would just patrol the borders with lasers, just constantly going, one red, one yellow. Yeah. But the lasers just point straight forward, and the boats just kind of turn around. A lot of things get burned up by the lasers, but it's their fault for getting in the way. Extra energy on you know, the like boat the patrol. entire city of California, it shouldn't have been there. <laughs> the laser, they knew it was coming. <laughs> Let's talk Nitro, baby! Yeah, why not? Okay, so, Bischoff this week really hammers home how brilliant it is to be live. Did mm. you notice that? Live, baby! We're live, baby! Only way to do it is live, baby! Uh, we, we, are not, we are live, not like the world whining fed uh, and then he rattles off match results and he's like, yawn, yawn, yawn. And we also got a complex uh, and convoluted Randy Savage explanation, which was that uh, basically Eric said that the action is going to be hot uh, and that Randy Savage has a massive police presence surrounding him tonight <laughs> in the backstage area because fuck Randy, right? Yeah. So basically, <laughs> it's, but it's all about how brilliant they are because they're live. Yeah. Here's the kicker. After this Nitro went off the air, they taped the following week's Nitro. So next week they're not live. But they really beat into how brilliant it is to be live. No, next week they're not. Hey, they, it's, it's the underhanded tactics, man. That's oh. what caught, that's what won them the war initially. And they do start off hot with those. So tonight, uh, main event, Ric Flair and the Giant will team up to face Stang and Leg Luger. Mm -hmm. All the titles on the line. The world tag titles held by Stang and Leg. Leg's telly title and Ric Flair's world title. Bischoff says, whoever pins Flair becomes WCW champion. It could be the Giant. How? How? <laughs> Well, you'll I find out. I hate when they how. do this. <laughs> I hate, I hate I, when they do this. I, I just, I think when you've got such an impossible layup match on a Nitro, it, it's it's quite obvious what's going to happen. Oh, anyway. yeah. But like, I, it, it, yeah, that makes no sense to be like, maybe his own partner will defeat him in a match where he can't defeat his partner. 
Yeah. Make it a four-way match, and then you then you got me talking, but you do that as a... T- uh, anyway, and as you say, Macho Man is here, and security around Savage is severely upped. Uh, Pepe has comedy glasses on with he the does. googly yeah. googly eyes that come down. That poor bastard <laughs> can't see a thing. Hey, when I finally get a chihuahua, it's going to be dressed every day. Oh, are you going to bring him in to do the night show review every yeah. week in themed outfits? Yeah, I'll just grow well. a Mongo ponytail. Brilliant. Be fine. That's, yeah. your, that's your dream, mate. That's yeah. the dream. Uh, public Enemy facing American males in our opening contest. Now, this is where, as you rightly said, Sam Driver, where Bischoff really sticks it in into the heart of the WWF, referring to them as the World Whining Federation. How's Vince going to come back from Ooh. that? Oh, no. To quote Bischoff, don't change the channel. Here's what happens. The RuPaul impersonator, the transvestite Goldust, beats Savio Vega to regain the intercontinental title. Yawn. Mankind defeats Aldo Montoya. Bigger yawn. And Vader beats Fatu. Who boy. See, I thought that was much later that he mentioned Goldust. So I've got he to it twice. Hacksaw versus Meng. He says Goldust, the transvestite RuPaul imitation, which is fucking wow. Yeah. He like, does the same line twice. Yeah. In, within half an and hour. Not spots. World of Wonder Wow. Like fucking wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Just grim. <laughs> grim bullshit Just, oh. from Bischoff et al. Uh, yeah, back on his bullshit. He was warned off from doing this for a little while and yeah. he decided to go, now nah, I'm going to go back on, going to get back on it now. I start Ted's feeling spicy this month. He <laughs> is feeling the spiciest is our boy Easy E. Do you know what? And I'll say in defense, it wasn't it wasn't a great episode of Raw that he talked about. We reviewed it the other week on the podcast feed. It wasn't a great episode. I think we romanticized this time heavily. Um, yeah. I would watch, uh, you know, Attitude Era happily. I'll watch this era happily. But I think going back to it, you learn just how much time kind of blows things not out of proportion but like together Mm. like you feel like the big moments happen a lot quicker than they do and you forget there's a lot of downtime in between a lot of these moments and a lot of retreading the same ground especially in wcw as we've seen here on this podcast if you've been listening from the start we have certain threads of storylines that just haven't changed since we began Mm. And it's still just kind of, oh, shit. And it's like, it's been a year, guys. The most consistent (laughs) storyline for the past 30 plus episodes has been, oh, fuck, that was awful. (laughs) That's been the most consistent that we've had. Um, But yes, as well as as giving fucking grief to the WF title, Mm. the WWF and uh, and all that stuff, Eric Bischoff sends best wishes to Brian Pillman. Yes. Uh, Last week we talked about this. Uh, He was in a motor traffic accident. Uh, He he ended up with his car crashing into a tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is currently laid up in hospital and uh, he sends his best wishes to, to Brian Pillman and family from there, which I thought was I'm glad they did that because at the moment there's very much loggerheads between Pillman, despite yeah. the fact that I think he's about to appear on a taped episode of WCW Saturday Nights. Yeah, and then it's all going to kind of go catastrophically events. wrong for WCW in the situation. Oh, but yes. we'll get there. We will get there. Public Enemy jump the American males off the bell. Can I point out, actually, before we get any deeper into this, the crowd... Fucking love the American males. Why wouldn't they? Ooh, I mean, they're I American. They're male. Mm. They're oiled up and greasy. <laughs> Young Marcus Bagwell, blue chipper. He's going to go far. Young Scotty Riggs. Yeah. Young the- Scotty Riggs just smashing it. Send you home to your mother. Yeah. Uh, but they, if you but see they, him coming, you better run for cover, Tom. But I love the fact... Girl, you don't need no weekend lover. <laughs> American males. Well, I do, because my weekends are quiet. Sorry, I'm, I missed I'm it. I'm simply putting Ooh. horse steroids into my ass and watching <laughs> Spender. Could do with a weekend lover. Um, but like... <laughs> Where exactly are you injecting? <laughs> straight, into the, straight into the cheek. 
Okay. Arse cheek. Okay. Yeah. Straight in. I was worried where this Massive was gonna go and on. where where this 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 horse steroid what what it would turn out to be for a moment there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just in a needle, in a big needle, right into my left arse cheek. Good, good. Straight as long as there's in. no you know Gateshead Mr. Hands going on. No, no, not not since his house burnt down. Um, but. <laughs> Crowd are like clapping along with them, and everything. they seem really like I know we love them, and obviously why, but they seem really into them this week. They sent out Loch Ness before the show for a twenty-five minute promo. <laughs> twenty-five <laughs> minutes. What's the deal with American airline food? <laughs> they rubbish. Everything's just rubbish, <laughs> and it's all just how it's not as good as Britain. And now the Lancastrian comedy stylings of giant haystacks. What is it with, why'd you call it soccer? It's clearly football. Rubbish. Why is it your McDonald's has got all the big food, but in, in England it's not as big? <laughs> Rubbish. Rubbish. All your notes are the same size. How do I differentiate between a fiver and a tenner? Rubbish. <laughs> I like your smell. Rubbish. What is it with that Hulk Hogan statue outside since the New World Order? Rubbish. <laughs> Keep getting caught out by the lasers. <laughs> What is it with that surface-to-air missile in the back <laughs> section of the arena? I've seen it every week. <laughs> and every week, that surface-to-air bit... Hello? <laughs> Caught me, Mike! <laughs> Rubbish! <laughs> Big Kane pulls him off stage. <laughs> Hello, it's me. Not that Kane. Uh, <laughs> you're a day late. We did the SmackDown review yesterday. Um, so, public enemy jump the American males mm-hmm. to get them started. Uh, they get back into it, and Bagwell lands a lovely crossbody. Yeah, and then Scotty Riggs does a lovely plancher to the outside. It's like it's nicely dynamic, but balances that kind of hardcore brawliness well. Mm. Because I think you know, public enemy have been maybe not booked into a corner here because they're still quite fresh, but they've only really been able to show maybe a couple of sides to themselves. They've not really been able to show that they can you know, go. So like commentary are actually quite surprised when public enemies start trading blows and reversals and it's like, oh, they can wrestle. And it's like, all right, you're just sort of burying them a little bit. But yeah, yeah, they can. Uh, but then at the same time, you know, the the audience has only really seen them just in brawls and doing like the underhanded sneaking in disguised as the nasties. And like, it's all just sort of come to this point now where finally... We get like a nice showing from them. Uh, they talk about um, their move called the the enemy sandwich, which we'll see later on. Yeah, which, which we'll talk on about talk on that in a bit. Uh, on commentary, they're talking about the lethal lottery slash battle bowl slash the Lord of the Ring tournament. <laughs> Uh, this is very much hyped by Bischoff. Now, they act like this is brand new. This is a little bit of bullshit business from the yeah. early 90s. Do you remember the Battle Bowl? Uh, remember her? I've seen, I think, one of the Battle Bowl things just overall. I don't think I've seen them all. So this one, if you haven't seen, if you've ever heard of such a, such a concept, 32 stars mixed into 16 literally randomized teams, or so we think, wink, wink. Uh, the final four teams will split up again and compete in an eight-man battle royal. The winner gets a future, future world title match. They should all go down at Slambury. I think this is a horrible idea for a thing. It never seems to scan or pan the way that it's supposed to. It just, it smacks of Survivor Series, sort of, oh my God, what's going to happen? It's like, well, you... you we're here to enjoy a night of wrestling, lads. Uh, <laughs> so hopefully some wrestling. <laughs> um, well, they, 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 they represent different sides, but they've got to work together to get another win, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> if you are one that loves the whole, how 
will they coexist? Yeah. Type storyline. You're going to love Slamboree. Yeah. Oh, whole night of can they coexist? I also love the name Slamboree. I, yeah. It's one I was amazed. W. Well, I kind of get why they didn't because it maybe it's a bit cartoony sounding, but I like Slamboree. All the more reason why they should use it. Yeah. Slamboree. Yeah, and bash at the beach, but on a fucking beach. That'd be nice. Yeah. 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 Do you remember? Halloween Havoc main roster pumpkin every year. Snickers a sponsor now. Oh. And if they go, well, you know, we, we know you want to do more violent things now and we you just go, well, you fucking sponsored were back then, didn't you? Yeah? Mm. yeah. You didn't care about it back then. Have Snickers morals changed? Mm. And then you tell them they used to be cool and then you walk out without even looking at them and then about three Three weeks later, they're going to call up Triple H and go, we're so sorry. Have all of the Snickers and Snickers entire bank account and then we can afford a big pumpkin. Then you go, here, have this Snickers. You're not you and you're morale, morale, you're morale, you're morally pious. (laughs) Oh, you're right. I feel much better now. (laughs) Blood. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Snickers, you, but when you're not fucking hungry. Uh, Or... Uh, yeah, so Slamboree. Like, I, I think it's a nice name. I'm with you. Slamboree's yeah. a strong name. They, they brought back Starcade, didn't they? Yeah, Starcade became like a... <clears throat> was it like a Southern exclusive, like occasional, a... one-off, like one-night house show special? Yeah. It wasn't quite a pay-per-view. It wasn't quite a canon event. I think there were a couple of big canon moments happened on each of them, but it wasn't like a you know a long running feud into this thing. It was very much just sort of more matches in and around what was going on. Way at to the fucking bury bury the slamboree now. It'd be like if WCW had won the war and then they, uh, at Madison Square Garden once a year they put on a, a little 3,000 for Wrestlemania. <laughs> Fuck I, you. I think, you know, it, it's... it's I, I just like that they used it regardless, I think, because it, it's it's just such a cool event. Mm. And it, it means a lot historically. So it's sort of more Starcade. Do you remember? More Starcade. More fucking Starcade. You mentioned uh, Bash at the Beach there. Yeah. Do you remember back in... August of 2020, during the, the the lockdown, lethal lockdown that we went mm-hmm. through, the COVID pandemic. Yes. And they were trying to figure out ways in which they could keep, keep putting on wrestling shows. And there was a conversation about having SummerSlam on an actual beach. They could have Florida. gone to Rio de Janeiro and finally done a tournament there properly. <laughs> and then gone, right, there you go, you fuckers. All right, done big now. holiday down to Brazil. Uh, it's probably not reached here because it's way down, even though it probably <laughs> definitely had reached Brazil. Uh, and then they could just kind of go, see, everything's fine. And then just ignore anybody saying that, uh, you know, you, you shouldn't be holding big events. And then you could have, if you were on like the beach at, I don't know, say like Rio, you could you could have like six million people. Because isn't it like, doesn't Rod Stewart hold like the record for most attended concert ever because of Rio Beach? Really? Yeah, it was like New Year, Millennium or something. <sighs> but like there was like over a million people or something technically in and around the vicinity that could hear and so got counted. And it was just like, whoa, boom, Rod Stewart. All he had, all he had <laughs> here is sailing. Yeah. Oh, well done, Rod. In Rod, we trust. WWE could have done that easily. Yeah. The entire Rio de Janeiro turned up for no, SummerSlam. Realistically, I think you could have maybe done uh, a, a show like that. But then at the same time, if you are going to go to a beach and even do it socially distanced, uh, I still think they'd catch a whirlwind of shit because at the time it, it was yeah. a very um, very paranoid environment to be in. Uh, I think that most businesses would have been second guessing anything where it was like, oh shit, like, are we able to? Because the thing is you probably get so hyped up and excited for it and then it'd just be like, no, we can't. 
No. And it was like, oh, right. <laughs> it was a strange old time. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the match the, the match between Public Enemy and the American Males. We see Scotty running wild after a hot tag. Uh, it breaks down with Rock Rock dumping Bagwell over the top rope. Public Enemy then throw Riggs over the top and the bell sounds. Ah! Here's the thing. <laughs> Get fucked. The old over-the-top DQ rule still applies, apparently. Because it's 19 dickety six. <laughs> it bloody well is. I... This was a rule from, like, the NWA but in, like, the 70s. You, but, 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 it, it, you literally, there was one over-the-top rope dump prior. Like, mm -hmm. you, how can you penalise the second one and not penalise the first one? <laughs> Is it, oh, well, you're just as bad, if not worse, because you did it after. Like, therefore, <laughs> you lose. I, get, Is it like a red card, yellow card did, thing? Yellow card, red card? I, I hate it. I hate the over-the-top DQ thing. It's such I don't nonsense. know if it's just because, you know, modern tastes uh, have led to much more outside-the-ring shenanigans, and I'm just used to that now, but mm. it just felt, I was like, what the fuck? And then I kept going back, and I was like, it was over-the-top rope stoppage. Like, what? <laughs> it's such, such bullshine. Really is. Hating it. But anyway, after the DQ, because, you know, we can't, we, we're not allowed a, a proper finish in any wrestling ever. They finish off Scotty Riggs with the enemy sandwich. To send the crowd home. <laughs> Mild. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, if they're sending the crowd home, that's a worry because this is the first match. <laughs> if the crowd are going home at this point. So the enemy sandwich, we saw it last week. This is where uh, Grunge stands on the apron and Rocker Rock does a senton over in and, and into they, him. They use like their joint weight to, to cause like an extra big splash on the table. As daft as the move is, at least they're trying to get it over. Yeah. Uh, I can't be too mad. Wrestling's full of weird moves. So yeah. should, I, I, I forgive it. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. After the break, Mean Gene Oakland is on the ramp with two random ladies. Uh, he introduces us to Emily and Cherry. Do you notice, oh, baby, my skin crawl, he looked Emily up and down. Yeah, um, he then said, Emily, perhaps you can come before getting cut off uh, and, and back to what he was going to say originally. Um, oh, 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 Gene, you pervert. Yeah. He is here, <laughs> along with his new friends, Emily and Cherry, to, to draw the lethal lottery tournament bracket. So, Which is randomized. Let us just remind you, it's yes. completely randomized. It is drawn at random. Partnerships, teams, matches are all just lined up randomly. <laughs> so, of course, 
What happens next, Tom? Hugh Morris and Meng are announced as Team One. They will face right. Hard Work, Bobby Walker, and the Barbarian. But the Barbarian is Meng's tag team partner. How are they going to possibly coexist with Rob and Maggie? They won't. That's the problem. <laughs> Hard Work, Bobby Walker. It's I. I chuckled to myself because. I it, where in our house it, there's a few people that we describe as hard work. Yeah, we go, oh, they're hard work. Like it's a dis. And now in you our just house. see Bobby Walker like cut in a pose. I still I see Bobby Walker like I see Bobby Walker. I go Bobby Walker, how was your day? And he goes, oh, it was just oh, it's been shit. Oh, this has happened. And this and it's like okay, but they on the plus side, it's Friday. Yeah, cool. <sighs> hard work. <laughs> Trying to get like somebody who's just like brings either it's either that or somebody when you go out with them they bring nothing to a conversation and they just stonewall every attempt to talk and you're just like oh come on hard work (laughs) here we go we all know someone like that worse than sitting in a pub in silence yeah and you're just throwing anything to try and get some conversation out of them then hard work and that's who Bobby Walker is as well as like good day yeah. Cool. What are you up to? Not much. <laughs> and you know they're not listening to you, so you start suggesting, should we just go over there and murder that man? Yeah. <laughs> I'll try that next time I have a fight with Bobby Walker. <laughs> uh, Stevie Ray and Bubba Rogers are teaming up, but Stevie Ray's in Harlem E. Oh, oh, no. But don't worry, they're facing Ice Train and Scott Norton. Phew, they're an established team. How lucky they were drawn together. Fire and Ice. Phew. I like Fire and Ice as a team. Get this, though. Arn Anderson and Eddie Guerrero are teaming up. Nice. Right. They're facing Ric Flair. Oh, my who's God. Who's Arn Anderson's oh buddy. Oh, my God. And Ric Flair's teaming with Macho Man. How are they going to coexist with Robin Maggie? How are they going to coexist with Robin Maggie? This gets the biggest pop of the whole thing. Um, <laughs> Flair and Macho Man, who have been at loggerheads for a while. Macho Man has been arrested for daring to do two elbow drops on a man. Yeah. Uh, that's my big thing. We mentioned After it last getting week. cuffed the week before, after there being loads of... And it, it's Randy's in the right here. Liz is just fucking out, was swanning around, spending all the money she's supposed to be spending on, I don't know, I don't know what the fuck's alimony for. Well, they mentioned, uh, they mentioned <laughs> during the next match that Mongo mentions that Elizabeth went to a fancy restaurant yeah. and tipped like $800. Oh, yeah. and said Billy to the macho man. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's unfair. See, yeah. I'd, I'd say, I'd think that any judge would just look that and just go, no, fuck you. Yeah, you'd hope no, so. You're, in fact, aren't you on a contract? Yeah, fuck, fuck you. How much do you make? <laughs> <laughs> judge driver. <laughs> what? Fuck you. Motion pass. <laughs> just I a think sweary judge. I, I, if I was a judge, I'd pass government punches into law. <laughs> just... <laughs> The problem is it leads very quickly to a Judge Dread world, but if somebody's just being a dick publicly, <laughs> and you had just hidden government punchers just lying in wait, just around, like, like you know, like just everyday people in plain Ooh. clothes. Um, and then you see somebody be a dick. So somebody, you're just in a traffic jam, some guy's just fucking relentlessly hammering his horn, even though you've been stuck for an hour. Uh, you just, just guy just get up, blow a really loud whistle, drag the guy out of his car, make everybody look, and just go, right, this is why you're being a dick, mm. right? Right, right, and just punch him once, and then walk off. Oh, and that's it. Government punch. It very quickly devolves into into very bad stuff. So I don't yeah. think it could ever work. Because then everybody else would be potentially run the risk of starting a fight there. Because yeah, sometimes ag- aggression's a bit like a virus. And it if we could maybe quickly. make like a robot clone style human that will follow orders and and has a good moral compass and won't 
get drunk on the power, then maybe we're talking. But I've got to fund that, and it's probably going to cost trillions. Mm. So, but then you, but then there's a moral issue with it. I mean, all as right, you say, sack off government punches. My other one would be. Um, I'm, not, I'm not against government punches. What, my, my other one would be lanes in shopping centres, speed lanes. Okay. So, like, if you if <laughs> you a... if you walk slowly, there's a red lane. If you want to walk into immediately. There's a yellow lane. And if you just want to get to where you want to fucking go, there's a green lane. This I like. And it just stopped me from nearly like absolutely falling over some random people as I'm walking around a shopping center and they just stop and go, oh, let's have a look at the window of Clinton's cards. Yeah, just keep stopping right in front of me. I just, yeah, if you give me a green lane, I would just power walk the entire fucking thing. Oh, same. Can you imagine how quick you could get around town? I I need to go here, 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 and here. Boom. Just jump on the green line. I'd have got my Christmas shopping done in no time. Yeah. Without having stuck behind people going, I'm just going to meander around. (laughs) Who goes for a meander around town? I can't bear it. If I'm going to town, I'm going into town for something. Yeah. I'm not just going to meander around town. No. Have a little poodle around town. Every now and then, might go for a wander, but it's sort of, you know, I'm not just going to go to stop and look in the window of Smith's. Mm. Um, on a busy Saturday. Yeah, which and that that's sort of when it's key. So I, I want lanes in shopping centres. I like lanes. I like lanes. I mean, I like the government punch idea, but I also like lanes. I think we can get lanes in first, and then because lanes will be such a smashing success, we can then bring in government punches. So we lead with lanes, and then once we're in the building, we can go, here we are, just every so often, just a... Little public show of aggression. Yeah. From the government. Yeah. I see that being a problem. And we'll we'll get them to wear like really intimidating outfits, like in Judge Dredd. Nice. Um, but that kind of goes against them being plain clothes. Maybe we'll make everybody sort of dress like it's the future. Okay, so now we're, we're changing the entire fashion. No, when you when you hear things like um like about aliens and stuff, when they get like picked out of uh UFOs and stuff, because it's all real. Um, they're all wearing like the same kind of one colored thing, mm. like a weird shimmery bluey silver suit. So I think like part of getting to be into space is that we all have to wear the same color shirt, like it's getting mm. into a club or something. Oh, because then like NASA goes up in, in very similar uniforms, don't they? They do. Yeah. So you couldn't just be up there in a pair of like Nikes. You, no. But how would you then, <laughs> how would you then? Recognize aliens amongst us if we're all dressing like aliens. You wouldn't. We have to have well, a they, they'd be they'd be like four foot tall, like mm. four foot tall, and and they'd have very big eyes. If I mean, if it's greys, if it's reptilians, they're already here, man. I think I know. What I do. I think I know. I think I think the, the, the trick is if you can't recognize. <laughs> There's them, people sitting listening to this going, "He's fucking meant." No, this is <laughs> you. Are you just wrong. need to switch onto the frequency. Here's what you do, right? Here's what you do. If you think someone in your group's an alien, you go, "Oh." I had a bit of trouble starting my UFO and then wait for the one that'll go, oh, it might be a carburetor. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Got ya! It's weird, because like, we're moving back to like, um, uh, what do you call it? Hieroglyphics, basically, with... Um, emojis. With emojis. Yeah. And yeah, you know, alien languages. They all look funny, don't they? Yeah, it's a lot of eggplants who've apparently seen. Yeah. A lot of eggplants. A lot of wet aubergines in this era. <laughs> but... I, 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 it's just going to be wild. Like, where are we going to be in 300 years? Oh, Hopefully, you don't know. Don't fucking do this podcast. Apparently, apparently, yeah, we will. Uh, <laughs> apparently with, um, uh, with Mars, China now wants a base on Mars as soon as possible. So the US is having to pull its finger out of its ass and actually give NASA some money. It. Calm down. Well, the problem is that the US will want to be the first ones to put a flag in it. Oh, right. So it's good because it's going to drive another space race potentially. And then what I want is a space elevator, which could go horribly wrong, but I think it would look cool as fuck. 
Because the, the top's got to rotate faster than the bottom, and it's got to like, oh. it, but it's just a giant connection from Earth to orbit. And then if you wanted, you could just hop on a little lift and be like, oh, I'm just going to go up and uh, see the ISS. Uh, and then yeah. just like, just. Uh, and then like a small paint chip about like a millimeter big will fly through you, and that'll be it. Ooh, how long did it take? Uh, I mean, hopefully just a couple of hours. I think it takes a while. I, the one I like the most is Mass Drivers. Uh, because it's just like you, you would have like a massive centrifuge mm-hmm. with say like uh, a fucking shipping container on the end of it and you just sort of have that on some like this railed platform uh, that's like aerodynamic and able to fly once it gets in the air uh, and you would spin it, spin it, spin it, spin it, spin it and then you change the track so that it's not just a circle anymore and there's a big straight shoot with like a small kind of kicker at the end and this thing just goes and it just gets thrown into orbit. So we'd be on one of them? I, I kind of want to go on one oh, of those. I'd be sick. Yeah. That sounds like we, If we're sick. in a space elevator, you just stand around, I think. I'd rather stand around in a space elevator yeah. rather than... Yeah, and then when it eventually de- like, uh, it sort of deconnects and, and it all goes wrong, it'll just be like... It's a hell of a way to go. the sky. Would you want to be the first person to try the Mars elevator? I, I don't think we'd have a Mars elevator. That's a very long way. Oh, and so Mars is going to be a, all sorts of different places around us. Oh, a moon one. A moon one. I think... It would be also a disaster, but I'd try it because <laughs> yeah. the cause the moon the moon is constantly moving around us. But would you get? Would you do the space one to the ISS? Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd have a go on that. And yeah, do you know want to go to space? <laughs> I want to know why the moon like rang like a bell because there's a theory that the moon's hollow because oh. like a NASA instrument picked up like this massive long vibration when a piece of one of the landers like launcher fired back and it like collided with the surface and Mars and Mars the moon apparently just rang. And it's like, I want to know. What's in the, what, why wanna, is it hollow? What's in the moon? Well, it's the fraggles, is the moon it? just a giant spaceship? Why is the moon the exact same size as the sun from Earth? Ooh. Why is everything? Yeah. What if it's? What if one day there's just like, oh, it's gone again. There's just like a weird like crack in the moon. And all of a sudden, it's just a giant egg. And out of it comes... Uh, the Hank, gobbledygooker. Hank or the gobbledygooker, yeah. <laughs> Might be Just on the horizon. I'm here to sell propane <laughs> and propane accessory. <laughs> Reverberating with the power of a million nuclear weapons. <laughs> Hogan's statue just crumbles under Damn the mighty power of... <laughs> Damn it, Dang Bobby! It, Bobby. <laughs> and it would all be so slow because he's so big. Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Guerrero fights Chris Spapeggy Benoit. Peggy and Meatballs. Sorry. I just popped <laughs> into my head. I don't want to... I don't know what JPEG is. I just want to beat you for goddamn hot dog. Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit one-on-one. Uh, of course, this is an excellent match. Yeah. Of course. It's, it's just fluid wrestling, you know? Liquid wrestling. Technical back and forth. Yeah. Gets a bit physical when Eddie pushes Benoit after a rather spicy technical exchange. Yeah. Uh, they fight through the break. Benoit bearing down on Eddie when we come back. Benoit stays dominant with a German suplex. Gorgeously executed. Backdrops as well. Uh, but he's flustered because Eddie keeps on kicking out. Mm. Uh, Barry Bischoff on commentary reveals that we're going to hear from the macho man about teaming with Flair at Slambury after this match. So we're going to, we're telling some stories as they go along. <laughs> In the Observer, Dave got onto the comms here for not giving the match it's just desserts. I thought they were fine. As fine as these three can be. Yeah, given given that it, it becomes more of a story match toward the end anyway, I think it, it works fine. Yeah. But it, it's the thing I, I really liked was that if you just listened, there was no 
this is wrestling chant. There was it was just mm. people being like wowed. Yeah. I love that <laughs> people enjoying the wrestling yeah. rather than observing and acknowledging it. Um, at one point, Eddie lands a diving Frankensteiner. Mm. Eric Bischoff calls it a necktie. Yeah, it was like a diving necktie takedown or something. Mm. But yeah, it's is him? A... Is that him trying to move us away from the phrase Frankensteiner or his necktie? Maybe I, 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 it might also thing. be a, a common thing for it. But either way, it looks brutal. It looked great. Yeah. You got a near fall off of that though. Eddie goes for a sunset flip in the corner. Benoit sits down on him and holds yeah. the ropes to get a three count with a cheeky little bit of help from the ropes. Great match. Then Mongo it's... really puts over the cruiserweight division at the end. And also, we also had uh, where was it? Where was it? Oh yeah, um, they call him Crippler Chris Benoit, uh, and then he does the whole horsey horsey four four thing. We had a horsey horsey yeah. four four shirt on. Yeah, and he was proper bigging it up. Yeah, so yeah. he's he's proper. So four, four, you know horsey, he's horsey. he's properly in there, unlike Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Jarrett getting a kick in. He just deserves it today. <laughs> just get out of here, horseman. Bandit. You. <laughs> but Benoit's the only one really flying the horseman flag, probably because we've got that sort of hodgepodge amalgamation of the horseman and the dungeon of doom. Yeah. That keeps losing every week. But so it's really Benoit that's seriously flying the flag. Oh, he's such a good horseman. Man. Oh, he's, he's great. such a good like just idea for a horseman. He's like perfect. he fits the mold. He's, he's a spot-on horseman. Yeah. Uh, who isn't? I'll tell you who. Vice president of WCW, uh, possibly of communications. We were very vague as to what he was the vice president of. Rob Garner is speaking to Mean Gene Oakland. Rob Garner, I think, is legitimately a vice president within WCW. <laughs> he was just like, um, um. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote here, Garner is the most boring man to ever exist. <laughs> Therefore, he must be a legit vice president. (laughs) He just looked like every middle manager in a 90s movie. He had those kind of skittish eyes as if he's waiting for something bad to happen or for another manager to see him doing something wrong. Like he's constantly keeping one eye on on his own job and the other eye is on Enron. (laughs) (laughs) He's just... I put the entire company fucking budget into this. What's happening? (laughs) Uh, he uh, he is going to be chatting to Randy Savage shortly. Randy then appears and joins them. Mm-hmm. Garner tells Savage that the WCW office is very concerned about his actions. Right, Savage, bless him. He's done nothing worse than like your standard heel. Like he runs in, attacks two a few people, drops, that's two it. elbow and drops. He's, he's emotional mm-hmm. right now. He's going through a lot, and Flair's really playing that off against him. If anybody should be getting fired here, or arrested or taken away or separated and kept on the other side of the building it's rick fucking flair here's the here's what they could have done i mean here's what they could have done they could have enhanced this more by having flair go to wcw management and go i'm your world champion you need to keep me safe he is mental just that one little thing would have kind of and and having flair really like spinning and and pulling all of these Mm. webs i think if you saw that, it'd be a bit more nefarious. But it still feels like, even though WWF does more of it, it still feels like we're in a, a very um, arena-focused wrestling age yes. right now. There's very little backstage stuff, and when there is, it tends to be an interview segment or you know a big layup segment like the the Colonel's wedding. Or you know, it's very rare that we just go backstage on a Nitro. Still, mm. it doesn't. It did, yeah, it's still and same on Raw. Yeah. Like we don't get many backs. If you get a backstage segment, it's normally during an entrance. Yeah, or it's like some people watching the match because the outcome mm. you know has an effect on them or whatever. Which is great because when it does happen, like it's quite shocking. Yeah, like it was on the um, 
I believe it's, it was the Raw before this one where you had Mankind beat Bart Gunn. Yeah. And then when Bart Gunn was backstage talking about how awful the Mandible Claw was, Mankind jumps him again. Yeah. And because it's backstage and because not much happens backstage. It's like, <gasps> yeah, yeah. It felt like a big deal. Yeah. So they, that's probably why. But, but sometimes we could do with a few bits. Yeah. Here he, on Nitro, especially where there's so much fucking lore thrown at you and then scrubbed. And you and just expected to, to keep track. But I guess this was a, an age that had more magazines and, and like, you know, publications and recap shows and stuff where you, you'd be expected to kind of just dip in and out of, I guess. It was expected of you to stay in the loop with it all. It was mm. expected. Uh, anyway, Garner says uh, that whilst we understand your concerns, it doesn't. if he doesn't rein in his wild behavior, the ramifications for your career will be severe. Look, Randy, we already know Vince doesn't want to make you wrestle, so where are you going to go? <laughs> Flair's the champion. Flair's the one we're listening to. Yeah, fall in line, pitch. Matt Macho Man says uh, to all the says all the guys at City Hall are getting too comfy around Savage. Oh, it's fine. Uh, the warns Flair that he is quote the tag team partner from hell and is going to be real creative and then promises to blow up City Hall. Oh, bless him! Don't blow up City Hall. Which just reminded me of of, of City Hall by Tenacious D, which is me low key too. low key. I think my favorite track off that entire first album. People inside me, so good. They're asking me to blow up City <laughs> Hall, cause no one there is rocking. It's like eight minutes or something. Isn't it? <laughs> And like they 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 run the they run the world as two kings, him yeah. and Cage. And then by the end, they 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 get well, Jables tries to immediately poison him. Yeah, <laughs> it's brilliant. Uh, Savage. So Garner warns Savage once more that if he can't control his behavior, then maybe he should go and get some help. Savage hits back, calling him quote a little 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 stupid person. Yeah, which is, is an all-time comeback. Insult. But he does allude to, because he, he says, uh, do, you, do you know what an open hand slap is? Oh, yeah. And that's a throwback to Dr. D, because Gene immediately is like, we've seen that before, we don't want to see that again, mm. and tries to shut him down. But obviously, Dr. D, David Schultz, uh, slapped Stossel uh, mm. backstage, and that ultimately led to sort of the downfall of his career, even though he was just doing what Vince told him. He was protecting uh, business. He did attack Mr. T, though, which he wasn't <laughs> supposed to do, because he figured... Well, if I attack Mr. T, they'll have to talk about it. <laughs> and instead it was, you attack Mr. T, get the fuck, get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. It's like two weeks to like, WrestleMania. No, that's not what I, no, you meant to, no. <laughs> My plan, it was so foolproof. I don't understand. <laughs> Savage, uh, Savage offers an open hand slap to Garner, to which a young Dana White goes, hmm, open hand slaps at eh? Fuck me. Oh. I can't believe, like, Grim I, this, this shit's always going to exist, right? Stuff like that's always, always going to exist because there's always going to be a market for it. As long as it's legal, people are going to do it. But I can't believe that the names and the finances involved with it. It's like, fuck me. I know it's going to be doing, like, you know, some uh, some good metrics, probably. But, like, this is a fucking really bad, bad legal case waiting to happen. I, I've seen, like, slap war videos on TikTok. Yeah. And then I've scrolled on to the next well, thing. I I am horrified to the fact that this is a mainstream, yeah. like, high-budget I, I follow show. I follow Chris Nowinski on Twitter as well. Obviously, somebody who's who's really outspoken and has done a lot in the field of CTE. Um, uh, post his WWE career and just watching him kind of break down the stages of people's reactions to getting slapped like unconscious. It's just like fuck. It's like he's just it's clear brain injury, clear brain injury, clear brain injury, and it's like this is. 
bad. It's a terrible idea. Because it's just, it's it's like, it's one thing to be fighting somebody, I guess, like, but it's a martial art and there are rules and, and quite a lot of, you know, you can't just be wailing, you know, full pelt onto an unprotected headshot, I guess, with, your, like, I don't know, but there's something about it that feels, when it's just two blokes standing there, one after the other just just presenting their faces to get smacked. It's just like, oh, grim. This is where we are as people. I don't yeah, like we never it. really left the gladiatorial age. Though, we never really did, yeah. did we? We it, always like a fight. It, it's, yeah, it, it's, it, as I said, it'll exist for as long as it's legal and then it'll be something else. But, it, yeah, I don't know. Because what can you do? You can't put head, you know, head guards on people, surely. I mean, you can, but then what that does then is it completely eliminates the whole purpose of the... Which is what people are watching for. So, it's, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's a, it's a horrible, horrible you put mess. gloves on them, but then it's just boxing. Yeah. But standard yeah. still. Just, maybe just don't do the program. There's a wild idea. Yeah. There's a wild idea. How about you just don't do it? <laughs> Only me thinking of these things. Tom don't goes worry. home immediately and watches slap fights for 7,000 hours. Fuck yeah. That and spenders. And all. Yeah. Uh, Same time. Same <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, fist fights, hear about a bare knuckle champion in Jim mm. Duggan. Yes, of course. Here comes Duggan. He's fighting Meng on Nitro. Duggan, quote, gloms Meng before he can enter the ring. He glommed him. I don't know how you got all those notes because mine is just USA, 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 <laughs> USA. Sound driver's USA, paper USA, just USA, says USA over and over USA, again. USA, USA, USA. <laughs> I uh, like how much... And then the result. <laughs> <laughs> See, mine boring. My, my mine breaks down bits in the match, which yours kind of does as well. Yeah, USA, USA. Uh, Bischoff once again runs down the Raw card. Another comment about the RuPaul lookalike, which yeah. is the one you heard. And I was like, oh, no, that's terrible. Uh, uh, all this big talk about being live being best on a night where you're planning to take the following Nitro immediately after this one. They don't oh, know that, though. We don't know that, but yeah. well, I know that. Uh, Duggan's hot start cut off by a shot to the throat by Meng. Choke on the ropes. But Duggan weathers an Ionian nerve grip, lands an atomic drop and a scoop slam, randomly goes to use the 2x4, which my dad always called the 4 b 2 which I guess is right as well. Uh, but it's cut off by a Savart kick for a two-count. Duggan then rolls outside... Tapes up his wrists with what looks like and like fucking masking tape. Bearing in mind, he's just before he went down to use the two by four, he's just tried to, to post Meng headfirst into the corner. Meng then just looks at him and kind of just headbutts the corner himself like eight times. Like, headshots don't work on me, man. No. Nope. Like, you're going to have to do something else. Like, this is laughable. Uh, and then he just comes in, bonks him in the face, and Meng is immediately knocked out. And then he wins with the three count off of the one hit to the head. I, they, they, they hype up the fact that he's from, you know, uh, taped fist fighting stock, like, uh, back in the day. His grandmama was a so taped fist I'm just going to try champion. and, if you keep talking, I'm going to try yeah. and adjust this video. Thing. Yeah, that's cool. Because apologies if you're watching on the video, because we're having a few issues with our... Uh, the video version on the Patreon, which he's going to try and fix now, is our boy Sam Driver. Now, um, yeah, so the, now bear, fair play to Bobby the Brain Heenan, who makes a vague attempt oh, to yeah. cover... Perfect. It seems fine now. I think it's working now. Lovely. Fingers crossed. Thank you. Apologies to you on Patreon if you're seeing this. Uh, it's fine. But it's a fair play to Bobby Heenan, who tries to explain it away. Uh-huh. It, uh, is in the best way possible by saying when you tape your fist it makes it as solid as a rock I guess if you're taping it really tightly together yeah 
And I guess that's what they are. That's how they're trying to explain it by going, he taped his fists really tight and then hit him with them. But here's the thing, he didn't even tape them that tightly. And also, if you punch somebody with, like, say, your, your knuckles tied like that, surely that's just going to go pop. Yeah, you'd have thought so. <laughs> you do yourself damage more than anything else. Jeez. Well, they tried anyway. Um, Duggan, of course, beats Meng. Duggan is one of Hogan's allies, so Duggan is always favorably booked in WCW. Duggan's fighting for the pride of America every time he enters that ring, Tom. What are American males doing then? Stripping. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell me they're not Chippendales. <laughs> Look at them. They're American, but surely they're not fighting. They're not fighting for the. Is it just a geographical? They're fighting for the proud male strippers of the United States of America, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> well made. Off we well, go. He's got the little tuxedo, like, you know, the little bow tie. He tears off his sleeveless tux top. But I thought because they were American males, they might be more, like, patriotic. I mean, they are, but only when it comes to male stripping. Right. They'll yeah. come over here and strip in front you know, of our if, women. If, if you want to have some of the most detestable um, campaign goals possible, that's fine to the American males, as long as you don't touch the male stripping institutes. Uh, if you do even, like, you know, issue a tax on, I don't know, say, lap dancers from Buff Bagwell, then you got trouble. <laughs> and that's when the theme starts, like, hammering out all over the capital, and all you just see, rather than January 6th and the mobs of people, it's just Buff Bagwell sprinting <laughs> toward the White House. And you can just hear... <laughs> And the second that, that that the first, if you see them coming, better run for cover. Um, it, that's when he boots down, you know, the, the front door. <laughs> Who's it at this point? It's 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 Clinton, right? It's Clinton. yeah. So Clinton's in there cowering, doing something he shouldn't oh, be doing. I'm sorry, oh, Buff, I'm sorry. <laughs> and he's just trying to eat his KFC because <laughs> apparently Bill Clinton just loves fried chicken. Yeah, most presidents uh, do. But like, yeah, just Bagwell kicks in the door. And then that's it. You know, match for the ages. Bill Clinton versus Marcus Bagwell Taxes. for the honor of male strippers nationwide. <laughs> Taxes and what do you think Hogwild was supposed to be originally? Uh, it wasn't Harley Owners Group. It was a different type of hog, Tom. Knobs. Yeah. Knob out. Knob out <laughs> pay-per-view. They couldn't call it knob out <laughs> until Tony Khan called it knob out. Anyway, um, off we go to Mean Gene. <laughs> Seeking a knob out. Um <laughs> He's with Emily and Cherry. He is. And he I says, it's a bit weird. Oh, it's weird as fuck. What are you ladies doing tonight? Both at the same time. We were going out with you, Mean Gene. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm like Bob Uka. Fuck it. All I've got here is just in my notes, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. They totally mean fucking. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gene has extra money in case he needs to buy more time or something yeah, what I don't was know. He oh by the way yeah. I've got some extra money in, out just in case uh, I need to and they were like yeah and it was like what <laughs> <laughs> this is so unclear Gene are you, are you paying for the time of these two people it's fine I, I just don't know how legal that is in 1996 in this state they were nice ladies that you were taking out for a yeah. dinner yeah not that they were ladies of the night again not that there's anything wrong with that yeah just you know state legalities yeah. on, on national TV Gene you might want to be a bit more careful and how did he get that extra money? I feel like he took his Sega Nomad to CEX. You know how he got all the money? He dressed up as a maid, climbed into a pool, and used a snorkel oh. to hold his microphone. <laughs> <laughs> all at once, while hiding under a table. They all and Bobby Heenan's just sort of hiding behind a bush under the water. <laughs> <laughs> mean Jean's money line. <laughs> I'm amazed they never did that with Bradshaw, like stock tips. 
He wrote a book. I mean, he they, wrote a book, didn't he? They'd have to, they'd have to be a, a massive, like, this is not financial advice. <laughs> but you could basically just reconstitute whatever the fuck, like, the, the major financial networks are saying. Just going, well, this is an interesting-looking stock. I'm not telling you to buy it. This is an interesting-looking stock. You probably could have made a mint. And bankrupted a lot of people, but you Absolutely. probably could have made a mint with Bradshaw's stock tips. That would have been a great idea. Yeah. And yeah, it would have been a good way to push the book. So he did that book, and he have more yeah. money now. Yeah, which is all about his his life. That's it, still one of the weirdest reinventions I've ever seen. Was like just, oh yeah, I'm back and I'm rich now. <laughs> I'm rich. Like, Texas, okay, man. but I'm rich in real life now as well. Here's a book. It's like, okay, but you did the long hair. Yeah, I got cut. I like Texas and America. It's like cool. Yeah, but mm. it's just. But I, I miss Bradshaw that like kicking ass. Oh, I still like to kick ass. I'm just going to be insufferable. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> We're not quite sure whether this gimmick's working for us. Doesn't matter. I'm champion. What? I, I, the about, about I, on Sunday. I, I hated him. I absolutely yeah. hated him. He, he, it, it worked. It worked. I didn't like him winning the title. Mm. I remember as a, yeah. as a youngster being, why is Bradshaw champion? I didn't like him. It was a big dynamic shift, wasn't it? Massive dynamic mm. shift. But it is what it is now. And I can look back and go, ah, that's funny. Anyway, uh, he may have got some stock tips off of a JBL, which is why it means he's got some extra money for Emily, Emily and Cherry later that's on. That's right. They've got more Lethal Lottery announcements. Now, all these announcements are being made as Gene Oakland opens a series of envelopes which have people's names written in them. Like a bear as well. He's not opening yeah. them like normal envelopes. He's like... Yeah. <sighs> he's opening them like a man who's never opened an envelope Like an before. excited child at Christmas <laughs> waiting for that PS1. Just... It's so weird. <laughs> do you get post, Gene? Like, do you know how letters work? I don't, yeah. How do you... How how do you deliver post to the ramp when the ramp's in the back of a wagon most of the time and Gene's just sort of sitting on it just like oh dear have we decided that he lives on the ramp <laughs> there's a little As tour truck with the windows country. and it's got like a bay window on the back and he just sort of sits there forlorn just hand on the back wondering when he's next going to see Hulk Hogan <laughs> We watched a, a show. Up and it's just like mm. bleeding gums, Murphy. But it's <laughs> I'll be back soon, brother. Well, let me tell you something, mean G. Don't be sad. The Hawkster's just taking time out to do a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to miss you, Hulk. And there's like a poor Emily and Cherry sat at the other end going, do you want to maybe, do you want to fuck or anything, G? No, I'm too sad. I've got extra money for dessert, though. Uh, Cracker Barrel. I bought us a cake. <laughs> Maybe we could just get together and cuddle and watch Spender. Haystacks is just there for some reason in the same area. He's at, why is it you don't have veg on the first aisle? It's just baked goods. Rubbish. Your supermarket's oh, rubbish. There's not corn in it. Walmart. It's called Asda. Back up. Rubbish. Why you got to do everything different, America? <laughs> Which means I'm going to add the tax on when I get to the counter. It's not included in the sticker price. Why am I going to do maths? Rubbish. <laughs> You're making a country with a low mathematical score level do additional maths when they go about their daily routine. Rubbish. Rubbish. <laughs> he's just, the thing is, he's funny because he's got it right. That's why we How love him. How can I just buy a machete in Walmart? <laughs> yeah. Rubbish. <I> <laughs> He walks out of Walmart with a machine gun. Just bought this. They said it was fine. Rubbish. What for? Just because I can. Whenever was, bread. Usually in Walmart, I think you only you find sporting um, like air rifles, but you can I, you can just buy a machete. I remember I that in, in Florida. Uh, we went and we did a bit where we we went around a Walmart with Ross and and we we were just fucking around and shouldn't have been filming, but it was all that like on the sly. Mm. Um, 
And I remember we're just walking around and just turned down the aisle and it was like sporting goods and all this other stuff. And then I think the other side was gardening. And there was just a fuck off machete. And it had it just it had like a guard on it, obviously. And it was it was like I think behind like a, a rack or it was one of those things you can't take it off without having somebody come and unlock the the thread for you. But like it was just like fuck me, you can just buy a machete. I could just buy that right now, take it back to the hotel and just have a machete. I could just have a machete. Yeah. It's terrible. Good luck getting it home, but <laughs> Frightening. You shouldn't be allowed to buy a machete. Anyway, America. Rubbish. Rubbish. Um, more Lethal Lottery announcements from Mean Gene, Emily, and Cherry. Uh, Alex Wright and Disco Inferno are teaming up randomly. We're going to see more of that down the road. Oh, my God. So we are. Dirty dicks later. And Earl Robert Eaton. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny because... One of them is really dirty, and the other's really posh. And the one called <laughs> Dirty, his name's also Dick, so it's like he's got a dirty dick. Dirty penis. Yeah. <laughs> How are they going to coexist? I don't Robin know. Maggie? There's, there's going to be know. a lot of like, I don't know. Maybe he's going to wear some like neoprene gloves, so he doesn't have to touch him. <laughs> yeah, they'll have such a lovely time. Uh, Lord Stephen Regal is going to team with the Belfast Bruiser. Bless Gene. How are he they going to coexist? This. How are they going to coexist? Remember Maggie? Like, they are going to have a horrible time trying to coexist. Oh, yeah. He sold this like it was a big deal, and it is. The crowd, nothing. They were not. That really made me sad. They're still kind of warming up to them for some reason, even though they're, they're both amazing and went out there and beat the shit out of each other. It's the 400 you know? years of tyranny. It's it's just, I ah oh, man, they didn't know what they had. They didn't know what they had. They didn't deserve it. They were it. spoiled. Don't deserve it. They, they're facing VK Wall Street and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, Which is a flag-waving guy and a guy that likes money. It's just America, the tag it's team. Amer yeah. It's the American tag team. All you need is a guy with binoculars to look out for oil, <laughs> and you've got a good trio. Ironically, they ended up having sex that night, and Bradshaw was born. <laughs> Uh, so Gene that's the last time we see Gene he's off out with the ladies to have a cake and be sad about Hogan <laughs> and we come to our main event of the evening it is Ric Flair the WCW world champion Ric Flair uh, teaming with the Giants to face WCW world tag team champion Sting and one uh, and the WCW television champion Lex Luger all the titles on the line anyone can win anything except they can't because that's not how a tag match works <laughs> that's my thought exactly just, yeah, let's get on with it. Ric Flair <laughs> hits on Deborah again, and Mongo... Yeah, Mongo gets pissed off this time. He gets pissed off every time, but Well, like... he kind of laughed it off last week. Okay. It was sort of like, oh, well, what's he going to do? Like, you know, I'm me. And then it was a bit like, he needs to be more careful, like, what he's doing. Like, he'll have me to deal with. And it was like, oh... I feel like if I were Mongo and that was my wife, I'd have I'd have run down to the ring two weeks ago. <laughs> Fucking bad Flair. Pepe, go! Go, yeah. <laughs> Pepe grows wings. <laughs> da -da 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 -da. Attack, Pepe! Or in a really sinister way. Pepe's just got a little outfit on with wings and he forgets they're not real wings. Just... <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> Oh, oh no! Man. Oh no! Poor Pepe. <laughs> and the little little picture appears at the end. Pepe died as he lived. Um, the police. Okay, Savage turns up, mm -hmm. 
like, like a man possessed. Literally. So Flair and Giant make their entrance, and just as they get down, Savage just comes tearing down to the ring, mm. uh, flailing all of his limbs, uh, sweating, grunting, shouting, screaming, raving, ranting, uh, and, and just absolutely gunning for him. Just throffing at the mouth. Yeah. Uh, then police turn up and immediately start. Now, this was fine. Like, he's running, and now the police have turned up and they arrest him. Yeah. Handcuffs on, but as he's been handcuffed, Flair's putting the boots in on Savage, like yeah. he can't let it lie. And then Savage is dragged off, like almost still frothing at the mouth as he's being <laughs> pulled away. This bit I liked. I'd still wish we would have had a segment where Ric Flair had gone, Hey, you better look after me. He's he's a madman. I want yeah. protection around the clock from him. Like I think you could have told that you could have added some flex to that story to make it more compelling. Yeah. In my opinion. Um, we're getting anyway. We go back to the ring. And Flair again hits on Deborah. Mm-hmm. And Mongo's like, oh, I'm really mad now. Mm-hmm. Uh, here comes Stang and Leg. All the titles on the line. Uh, Pee Wee Anderson attempts to hold all the belts up at once and he <laughs> struggles with it. Uh, Hainan says, I haven't seen Pee Wee Anderson with so much metal since he stripped the hubcaps off that Mercedes. And if you've been following the week-to-week um, bullshit of Sting and Luger, this is just yet another confusing one because Luger's just largely a face. Yeah. Just working with Sting seamlessly. No friction. No confusion. No deciding to maybe join Flair's side. No nothing. They're fine. He just wrestles like a face and everything's all right, like nothing's happened. They're all pals at the palace, to quote Nanny Doris. They're all pals at the palace. All the way through. Uh, they team up to, to fend the giant off. They put the boots to Flair as well. It's all the good guys to start. Sting lands a beauty of a superplex off the top rope, which is quite nice as well. But he misses a Stinger splash outside the ring, and this starts to turn the tide and in the favor of the baddies. Yeah. Uh, we see Woman with an eye rake onto Sting as well. Uh, shenanigans from Woman plus... Uh, put put uh, plus the involvement of giant put sting on the back foot. She screamed so loud at one point. I thought it was genuinely a chicken. <laughs> like it was just like, Bah-! and it was like, what the fuck was that? Her voice just cuts through. Oh, it's like it's like nails on a chalkboard. Oh, isn't it? Yeah. it really is. She looks great with the world title. Don't get me wrong, but her voice just cuts through. Uh, Flair hits a suplex on Sting, and Sting boop pops straight back up and uh, tags to Luger, who just unleashes on Flair. Uh, Giant gets into the ring, goes to choke slam Luger, got him by the, got him goozled. And then Sting just fucking, oh, I love this bit. Yeah, it was pretty. Two like, chop diving down chop blocks to like the back of Giant's knees. And Giant doesn't let go of the yeah. chokehold for ages, even and then Sting's punching Sting has him. to like get around the front and physically try and like get him off Luger. So good. Eventually, the oak falls down. Jimmy Hart tries to run in. He gets shut down. Ric Flair goes for his favorite weapon, the coffee, the hot coffee. The, Can the we hot, stop serving coffee at the, WCW events? Yeah, like why? Why wouldn't you just, just, just? I mean, if Nancy's the one bringing the coffee, just don't let her at ringside. Yeah, yeah. You know, no Randy's drinks. getting arrested. There's a little bit of give and take there, Flair. Come on. There's a no drinks at your desk rule at most radio stations for that very reason. Yeah. You know, I've spilled coffee down four hours. The amount of, the of times six desks you're at work works. at the radio and you just want to throw hot coffee in somebody's face. Oh. Like Tom was notorious for it. Yeah. He resolved his ways. Um, you know, he changed. He's much better off for it now. But there was once upon a time where I would be sat, you know, there'd be a layer of plexiglass here 
because if I disagreed with Tom at all, it would have just been coffee in the face. Mm-hmm. And freshly true. boiled coffee as well. You had a kettle by your side every time. Yeah, and it was instant coffee, so it wasn't even nice coffee. And you'd sit there and you'd be like, oh, just hang on a second, just hang on a second, just just give me one second. And then you'd prep it in front of me and I'd be like, what are you doing? And then you'd, you'd just blind me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd give you ample warning as far as I was concerned. Well, I'm just glad that you're not I'm better behaving person. like that. Better anymore. person I used to be. <laughs> I have spilt coffee down four of the six radio desks I've worked at. Oh. <laughs> All accidentally. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh. Some I got away with. Oh. Some I didn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Those are very expensive repairs. Oh, some were very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> we laugh now. <laughs> We weren't allowed. So, so, I don't think we were allowed liquid within the room that the Telecaster was in at uni. That's the right answer. Yeah, like anywhere near it. Mm. Bad times. That is the right answer. <laughs> uh, Flag, as I say, goes to throw hot coffee. Sting dodges it. It goes straight into the giant's eyes. And the giant is pissed. He's angry. Bell sounds for a DQ because we can't have anything conclusive ever. Yeah, and he's attacked his own partner, so he's not really... But then, surely... Let it go on, ref. Because that was one of the things that Bischoff said was, hey, Giant could pin Flair. Yeah. So So therefore, you're expecting the teams to fight each other. Yeah. Like, you could have had then Giant go after Flair, get a two on him or something. Mm. But... If you're that adamant, this is how you want to run it. And I mean, he's going to be champion. Look at him. Look at the fucking size of him. He's he's, going to have a very long career. And it's funny that you say that. Because everyone takes a powder as the giant is livid in the ring. He's fucking windy. Flair gets out of there faster than fucking Earl Hebner (laughs) at Montreal. Like, Flair's just like, whoop, like (laughs) straight to the back. Flair does return with a towel. Yes. (laughs) And tries to dry off the giant and begs for his forgiveness. There's Mean Gene, just before he heads out with Cherry and Lily. And then then Cherry and Lily? Cherry and... I forgot Emily. Emily. I think, yeah. Sorry, Emily. I forgot your name. Mean Gene jumps in, speaks to Jimmy and the Giant, and Giant declares that the hot coffee lit a fire in his soul. Next Monday, the world title will be his. <laughs> Flair, who by this point is halfway up the ramp like a rat up a drain pipe, uh, he is still on the commentary table and says, I tried to apologize and now I'm mad. I don't like the way you look at the girls anyway. You've got till the end of this show to apologize or I'm going to kick your big ass. And then Giant can't believe what he's just heard. He just... And then we just go back to the commentary desk to talk for a minute. Yeah, the, the Flair legs it. Flair Giant... doesn't get his apology. Nope, so therefore it's happening next week. Bischoff gets the word in his earpiece next week. Ric Flair versus the Giants for the WCW World Championship. I wonder what will happen. Yeah. Well, they tape it, but we'll not talk about it till next week. But they've already taped it. They've already taped it. They it happened like happening. fucking 25 years ago. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. What if it hasn't happened yet? <laughs> That is Ric Flair's true last match. Thoughts on Nitro this week? Inconsequential. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It, Always it just, is. It's sort of, uh, you know, we had some nice little moments. Uh, we, you know, Benoit Guerrero, I quite enjoyed, uh, despite you know the ending maybe not being too definitive, but it kind of had to do what it had to do. Mm. Uh, I liked the breakdown between Flair and Giant. I, I just feel that a little bit more could be getting done with the Randy thing. Uh, but at the same time, it, it, it makes no sense, which is sort of what, this whole era is right. It's just like Randy's getting arrested again because he's in the right. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just so... <laughs> if we had a little flex there that sold it, yeah. I'd be all right with it. Um, I thought Haku, I thought Mangan, Mangan Duggan 
Yeah. Very inconsequential. Like, it doesn't yeah. really mean anything. It was just, uh, yeah. it was just an all right match, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, big shake up in the main event picture with Giant now establishing his dominance over Flair. We'll see that come to the fruition next week. No Hogan for ages now. No. I'm all right with that. Which is fine because it means we're going to just hear about him every week. But um, yeah. I, a... I think it's in the long run, it's going to be one of the best things that happens to the industry. Mm. So. I think it will. Yeah. I think it will. How's this? Wednesday on the podcast feed, I haven't told you this, uh-huh. Desert Island Graps okay. with Guru Larry. Man. Yeah. One of the longest serving retro video game YouTubers yeah, yeah. in history. Uh, we had a chat the other day and it was bloody lovely. So Guru Larry's on nice. Desert Island Graps, which is Get quite nice. Get it on. Yeah, it'll be Wednesday on the feed and on the Patreon. Get listening. What are you doing? Why are you listening to it now? Why are you it's here? Not out yet, but you will do. I don't don't care. It's not out. Go listen to it. Go find it. Yeah, find it's it. Hidden on the internet. Just somewhere. guess. Guess the. You know when it'll be like forward slash whatever. Just find it. Just Ooh. put random stuff in. Do you know what? If you guess it, then more power to you. Yeah. <laughs> As it's unlisted, more power to you if you get it. So everyone tries to hack it. That's <laughs> what happens. Anything you want to shout about or say? Uh, or no, 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 no. It's all top secret. I'm just cracking on, oh. cracking on, cracking on, cracking on. Top secret. We'll have more on top secret things in the weeks to come. Until then, though, uh, classic at cultaholic.com if you want to say hi. He is at the Sam Driver on Twitter. I'm at Tom Camelot. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 